Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to talk with Brandon and John of the band Brick and Mortar over Zoom video. Both Brandon and John talk about where they grew up and how they got into music. They met each other around eighth grade. Brandon saw John playing at the school talent show. He's an amazing drummer. He wanted to join a band, and, and they became close friends real quickly. Brandon started playing bass, and the two of them just jammed for a number of years together. John was in side projects and various other bands, but always stayed with Brandon, and the two of them just gelled so well that they kept playing together. They started off as an instrumental band, so Brandon talks about the first show they played at a coffee shop where he started to sing and the reaction of the crowd. They also talk about the two of them eventually forming Brick and Mortar, the success of the band, and all about their recent song, Mystery to Myself. You can watch the interview with Brick and Mortar on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're an Amazon shopper, a portion of your everyday purchases will help support our podcast with just a few clicks. It's super easy. Please head over to our website, bringingitbackwards.com, and click on Amazon each time you begin your purchases. Those few extra clicks will help keep our mission of providing a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their personal stories on how they achieve stardom so that all artists and music enthusiasts have access to meaningful and memorable advice that will help inspire their own musical journeys. To recap, please head over to bringingitbackwards.com and click on Amazon before you make each and every purchase because a portion of that purchase will add up in a big way to help support our mission. Thank you so much. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with brick and mortar. Right on. Well, I'm Adam, by the way, and this is about you guys, your journey in music and how you guys where oh, you are now. That's where we are now. We're still on the journey. And you're still in the, well, <laughs> I gotta to go this get point my, in the journey. I got to go get my earbuds. I'll be right back. No worries. Take your time. Um, yeah. I mean, the journey, where you want to begin? That's the question. We'll, start at where you, well, we'll start with you then uh, and where you were born and raised. Uh, I was born in Florida. Okay. And then uh, I don't really remember that much of my childhood because uh, I had a bit of trauma. But uh-huh. um, I was there for a, a while. I guess I moved to Jersey when I was like, uh, I would say maybe five or six or something like that. Okay. Um, lived in New Jersey ever since that. Um, my dad ended up leaving when I was 10, though because uh he was a diamond smuggler and a con man oh my so gosh my life was a bit in the public eye locally in the public eye since i was young okay. um with all of that so yeah it's like i never really felt like i had much of a home does that make uh-huh. sense no i for just sure. i moved a lot because even you know i was lived in Florida when I was young and then we moved and then we came here and then it was just a series of chaotic events where I moved a lot. So I didn't really let myself be attached to anything. Mm-hmm. So probably the only thing that I've ever been attached to would be uh, this band and uh, these songs, like all of the songs are 
pretty much autobiographical or some representation of my life or my childhood. There's really not that many songs that are about love. Uh-huh. I mean, most of the love I'm talking about is the love that you're supposed to feel for yourself or for the world or for your family that I can't seem to get um, as much of a grasp on mm-hmm. as I feel like would be healthy mm-hmm. to be able to have. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So my childhood basically began <clears throat> in Florida. My dad had a bunch of like t-shirt shops and stuff. And we brought that all up to Seaside Heights. Okay. So I've always been like a shore person. So that was always a big part of, I feel like my identity or the sound, e- even if you listen to the music, there's a lot of arcade like sounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone <laughs> once said that it sounds like, uh, like you're in the middle of a, um, like an arcade with all the different video games going. Cause there's a lot oh, of arcade sure. stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot I of high sounds coming in and out. Uh-huh. So, but yeah. So basically my story started out like I never thought I would do music. It wasn't like I was young and everybody was, oh, like you're a, a great singer. You're so talented. Right, right. Musicians around you or anything like that. No, it was like, I'm no one. Uh, I was aware from society telling me that I was probably going to go to jail or something bad was going to happen. That was just my experience mm-hmm. with the people around me, teachers, society. So I kind of chose at one point, well, I need to have a focus because if I don't have a focus, you know, who knows where I'll end up. And right. uh, I was always very aware of, yeah, like when, when I'm one of six kids. So like okay. when we got in trouble or something, that was it. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. no one, no one showed up to like fix it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So in my mind, I was like, it was important to pick a dream or pick something. And what you know? drew you to music? What? What drew, what drew you to music? Yeah, yeah, to music. It what, sounds like music was kind to, of what helped you overcome all of that. Yes. Well, still trying to overcome it, but <laughs> sure. here we are. <laughs> um, but what drew me to music was honestly seeing other people so happy um, doing it. It's one of the reasons why I chose to become friends with John was when we were little, I remember I was in eighth grade and he played a, a talent show where he played the drums and he was so amazing at playing the drums. He was also so happy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm never happy. So maybe I could be happy for a little bit like this guy. And that's really what initially drew me to it. And then I just played music. I basically decided to start playing bass, got lessons, took the little amount of money that I had as a human, got a starter bass. And even the bass teacher I found was so nice because he knew I was broke. And when I couldn't pay for lessons anymore, he just let me keep going. Wow. For like, yeah, it changed my life for a while. And uh, yeah, what drew me to music was basically just, I wanted to focus. But what, the funny part is I didn't even really listen to music at the time. Huh. So I, like. Just- I, creating on were you writing music i guess when you're playing bass or just learning scales i was like learning scales learning theory and okay. also creating my own stuff yes the whole time um but it wasn't like i had the confidence to think it was anything it was more just do this thing <clears throat> to avoid the really dark thoughts that you have all the time looking back i can see this now 
mm-hmm. you know, then I couldn't see it because when you're in that flight or fight kind of mentality, you don't really see that. Mm-hmm. You think everything's the way it's supposed to be. Um, but looking back, it was like, it was just like a therapeutic thing to do every day, all the time. And I did it all the time, <clears throat> but <clears throat> from 14 to like 25 or 24, I didn't sing at all. I didn't, I didn't sing songs. I didn't write songs like that. I just played bass and did instrumental music. So wow. it wasn't until I was playing a 20. band or anything before no, that. Or I, it was the, I just own, only, I only yourself? jammed out with John. That's it. Oh, wow. Since 14 okay. and 15. Yeah, we've always just been a band since we were young. <laughs> wow. Well, you guys met yeah. in eighth yeah. grade? Well, yeah. let's, uh, I, wouldn't John, call a, I wouldn't call us a band then. <laughs> I'm, I'm meaner <laughs> than John is because okay. a band to me is people who really put the risk out there and who really go for it. And other people who don't do that are kind of their musicians and they're playing. But I, I have a lot of respect for people who really choose to step out and be in bands because it's not easy. Were you playing in bands prior to the, or has it always just been you two, John? Or were you in another band? It sounds like you did a talent show. Well, well yeah. So pretty much like, you know, after that talent show, um, Brandon, like we became friends, you know, kind of like kind of buds, you know, and then like we didn't really hang too much um up until like high school and then um it was actually we were funny we were were talking about this the other day the first day or like the the first time i ever played at a venue Mm -hmm. was on brandon's birthday like december 10th 1999 and like yeah he was at that show and basically well happy birthday man that was your what a couple days ago Well, thank you yeah (laughs) sorry but john John, John, John john was in like i would say maybe like you what, what you could qualify as like you know two bands that he was actively trying and to some degree mm-hmm. i i yeah so in that sense like you were in bands you know what i mean like you did do it well yeah like you that, played that, stuff. yeah that was like that's that's that that was that band that i was playing with it was like this band called bleeding grounds and straight up just like grind core like I, I just wanted to play the heaviest hardest shit possible like <laughs> yeah at that point and and i kind of wanted i kind of wanted to because so what happened is like i was with that band for probably like i don't know but year and a half and was it uh, basically it's like yo like you know we should we should jam or something man like you should like pick up uh like the bass or something and we could just fucking just rip and just jam and stuff like that you know um so he gets a bass and we just start like just jamming like all the time hours like he we would uh we would play it as in uh in his basement his mom's house he had like this massive basement and uh we would just play we just jam for hours just hours just and then he would he would come to me with things that he made up like not knowing that they were in odd meter not knowing that like they had odd groupings and all this stuff and it was uh-huh. just like oh this is like for me as a drummer, I was like, oh, this is like kind of cool to attach myself to. And like, cause it's, it's unorthodox like style and like timing uh-huh. and shit, you know? Uh-huh. And that kind that's kind of how it all started. And we just, you know, we just started playing a bunch and we really like enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, we just got, and, and, and we, and it got to the point to where we we're like, oh, let's like, let's start playing shows like playing bass like just just shows are just instrumentals just bass and drums yeah no vocals 
um yeah it was pretty well, funny it was like it was like we were i was like i actually came across an old no i was just gonna say i came across an old recording and then of one yeah. of ours like when we used to play shows like that yeah and, and we were just standing literally there so awkward. dude they, there was like a minute and a half beat beat between songs and i'm just like i'm just like fucking like blowing myself on the drum <laughs> just doing like these random fills for no reason talking to the <laughs> microphone you do the same thing yeah. on the bass but that period of time that john was talking about was like really influential for for me in the sense where like i realized that <clears throat> maybe i had ideas mm-hmm. that were valid but it wasn't like a clear cut oh now we're happily jamming as people and here we go. Now we're going to start singing. It was like, we did that. It fucking didn't work out. Nobody gave a shit after a while. Like it was cool for a while. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we hit a point where we we're in our twenties that it was like, we were hardly even doing that anymore. And John was pretty much playing a cover band because he had to make a living. Mm-hmm. And I was like anti-society, anti-corporate, anti-everything because of my childhood. I didn't even want money. I hated the idea of money because my dad was so driven by it, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. So there was a period of time where it was like these lost years of we didn't really do anything. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And that's when I decided I need to try to maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll try to sing because I remember John was just playing with, his cover band and he was also playing with other very talented people, you know? And mm-hmm. in my mind, I was like, well, I better do something or I'm going to be stuck here forever. And I'm going to do the same poverty cycle as people expect uh-huh. <clears throat> me to do. And I remember the moment where I chose to try and sing. Uh, and I remember I did it privately by myself and I was in my grandma's spare room because I didn't have anywhere to live. So I was living there and I was a garbage man with John at the time. And I started singing in this little room and I'm like, okay, I'm going to next show that me and John do. Cause we'd sparsely did these shows still. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to sing this and I'm not even going to tell John. And I remember <laughs> I was like the last song I sang instead of doing the instrumental and everybody in the room fucking hated it. It wasn't good at all. It was <laughs> my, the feeling was like the most embarrassed I've ever felt in my entire life to sing ever. Oh but, man. But it was great because it was so liberating <laughs> because I was like, it can never be worse than now because I never really practiced. I didn't try uh-huh. that hard the night before or two days before I just tried it. And then I did it and it was like, okay, well I'll never feel as terrible as right now. And I've carried that to here. So it worked. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know what came over you and it made you wanted to start singing. I felt like I had to, because I felt like I knew the way the world worked because Uh the way I look at the world is in a very, I would call it realist. Some people will call it cynical, but I feel like you have to, especially in this world, like if other people are doing things and they have talent and there's always a chance they could go places. And if you want to go places, mm-hmm. y- you have to be able to either compete with that. You know what I mean? Or you have to have a reason for what you're doing. You have to, you can't, 
you have to pick what you're going to do and really go for it. You can't go halfway. You can't go 50%. You can't go a little bit. If you want to have a dream, if you, if you want to live that life where you make an impact on the world and that's important to you. And that was always something that growing up, I always knew I wanted to make some kind of impact on the world. I guess, cause psychologically I felt so invisible and all this bullshit. And my dad was this larger than life story like figure. Cause people with my dad, half the people treated him like Robin hood. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like when he bounced and the FBI came for him and all this shit, he signed over all of his stores to dues and seaside and basically gave them the store. Wow. So, you know, for in my mind, there was like, it wasn't like he was like bad or like there was a negative connotation. It was this weird mix, but there was always like a larger than life figure. Mm-hmm. So I knew I wanted to do something. I just didn't know what I could do, but I remember being in that room and realizing like, you know, my friend, John is super talented. This other kid he's singing with is super talented. They're all super talented. I wasn't, I didn't mesh well personality wise with this group of people, right. They didn't really, they didn't want me in it. So I was mm-hmm. like, I better try to figure out how to do it myself. And that was like the, just the initial push was that fear of, I have to figure something out. But then once I started doing it, it became more of a therapy. Mm-hmm. Like, whereas playing was just masking the feeling like playing was like distracting myself. Oh, cool. I could play bass all day and I won't think about this thing or that thing I'm feeling or these negative thoughts or this experience or how I didn't get this. I didn't get that. But then when I started singing, I was able to really look back at my lyrics and go, Oh, well, why did I say this? Cause I wasn't like sitting down writing the lyrics out. I was just singing words off the top of my head until they felt emotional to me. So wow. And then what you what, go back and write them down after the fact. I didn't really have to write them down because I just oh, remembered, them. remembered it. Wow. I just like have a pretty good memory. Like mm-hmm. I'll fuck up words here and there, but when I'm writing a song, I'm real good at kind of remembering. And also I think there's something to, if you're writing a song and you're not writing the lyrics down, why didn't you remember that? Oh, that's interesting. I've never heard anyone say that before, but that makes sense. You know? So, yeah. I mean, everyone has their own thing and it's like, I don't strictly stick to that, mm-hmm. but in the beginning I remember I didn't, it wasn't like I was like, I also wasn't taking myself so seriously, you know, sure. uh-huh. I was just like, so basically that was the initial, the initial beginning to it was just out of like, I guess you'd say pragmatic, like, Oh, well, if I want to keep going with music, I'm going to have to do my own thing because people don't seem to, the people I'm meeting don't really get me that much. Sure. You know? Sure. And John, when was it like, that you knew that this band was going to be something that you needed to pursue amongst the other, you know, it sounds like you're playing in other bands. I'm sure you had to put well, those on hold. Every stuff started so, happening. Yeah. So basically it's like, I was in my head, I was always going to play with Brandon just because it was like, he was my, he was my boy and we were friends and like, we had such a kinship and such a, uh, camaraderie, I guess you would say when we played mm-hmm. together, like we were very like, like I've never played with anybody musically. Um, that it just, that was, that was so on the same page as I was with Brandon. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people that were playing with at the time, like w- with me, it's like, I, uh, you know, drumming 
and music and being creative came very easy to me. Um, and, uh, so essentially it's like, and that guy, uh, the, the guy that, the, that brand was referencing to was an, uh, a friend of mine who, um, I had known since I was playing in that band bleeding grounds. Right. Okay. We had played a few shows with that guy and whatever. And like, we were like, we were playing shows at that time, like me and Jesse, the guy's name is Jesse. Um, but I never had like this in my head where I was like, Oh, I'm just going to go with Jesse or I'm going to go with like, no, I, but that's, I not, but that's not what I'm, ta- that's not what I'm like, talking I, about. I always knew yeah, that, but that's not mm-hmm. what I'm talking about because it's more like at the time, like I had jam with y'all too. And Jesse decided himself that he didn't think my vibe was cool because I had too many ideas that were too, uh, I was too aggressive. That's what I was told when I asked him, cause I confronted him about it. <laughs> cause at the time I was trying to be bassist in that band, but he didn't, we didn't mess. Right. But I'm not saying that you wouldn't pick to hang out with me. Cause we're boys, John. I was saying like, I'm not going to tell my boy if Jesse wrote a song and it blew up and you guys are going to tour around the country and have to pursue the dream. I, what was I going to say? Don't do that. I was going to be like, go do that. Well, you got to do that. That's just how life works. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that would be fucked up of me to tell you to not go do that. Do you know what I'm saying? So when I started singing, it was because uh, I didn't want to. Like one, selfishly, I didn't want to have to tell you to go do that because it would still hurt. Right. And two, it was like, I can't really. How could I even be upset if something that you did took off? Right. And I wasn't part of it. Because that's, I should still be happy for you as a friend. You know what I mean? So that's where my choice came. Wasn't that I didn't think you would do it. Was just more like, or didn't think you would stick with me. It was more like, well, this guy's really talented. And there is a chance that this guy, Jesse stuff could take off. And then that's just going to be the breaks. Cause that's how life works. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, totally. And like, and you know, basically it's like, you know, once Brandon started singing, um, we were very quick to get something out with vocals on it, you know, because uh-huh. like singing came very, singing and writing lyrics to me came very natural to Brandon. Like he, he was just naturally like the guy never sang before or write, wrote, like wrote lyrics down or anything. Uh-huh. And the stuff he would come up with was like pretty compelling and like poetic and shit. And it was just like, you know, where did you learn? How, where, how did you know how to do, you know, do this? It, which is, which was funny because it eludes back to when he started playing bass and like, you know, like he would just come up with shit in nine, eight. And I'm like, dude, do you realize that like, that's a nine, eight, that's like a difficult thing what you're doing right now, you know? And that was just that. And that to me was what, what was refreshing about the musical creative experience with Brandon, you know? And that's what like, made me like hungry for the the potential that we have, you know? And uh-huh. like, we tried, we tried like, you know, trying to fulfill the full band with like, you know, prior to him, like, you know, becoming like the vocalist, we wanted to have like, you know, guitarist, uh, singer, you know, uh-huh. see, see if we could try that route because, you know, the instrumental route wasn't really like, it had its, it got to its point, but then we were like, all right, we need to do something more, you know, and so on and uh-huh. so forth. Um, but uh, so now you're, now you're pretty seeing much, the whole... yeah, it's like, you know, <laughs> now John, you're saying you see the whole slightly depressing picture of that point in time. Cause it was like, we did the jamming and it was pure and it felt great, but 
but then we needed it to grow and it wasn't growing. And then we desperately tried to do everybody else. And then we both were still friends, but like you were playing with other people because like you wanted to play and I didn't want to play with any other people because I just wanted this to work out. So it's funny because if you think about it, all that like sad part where we didn't know what to do with the instrumental led to brick and mortar because I wouldn't have started singing if people loved the instrumental because yeah. we would have just kept doing right. that. It's very interesting when you think about it. As yeah. like, I, I think. Oh, and, and like, and, and also. <laughs> which, yeah, which, which sometimes it's like, it's true because there's so many like themes that throughout life that are just like, you know, portrayed in movie style like a lot, but, um, but yeah, it's like, you know, like I said, like we, so basically my point is, is like that whole, the whole, uh, trying of trying to complete the band was unsuccessful mm -hmm. and then we ultimately led to us just putting out our first ep um seven years in the mystic room in 2010 and uh yeah that kind of started the whole fucking thing you know <laughs> yeah so once people heard it with the, with the vocals and everything on it, it it just took a life of its own um it blew up much quicker yeah well it got it got better it got better. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it wasn't uh it was never as bad as it was never as bad as it was in that one coffee shop ever okay. again. So. <laughs> I, would, I would say John wasn't, I would say from my experience, John was not sold that I was, a. <laughs> John was not sold that people would like my singing probably until I feel like after the first DP into the sec, into like the bangs one where we like, were really well, totally with people. It was, it that, was, a that was when, cause before that it was like, both of us just thought as me of as a guy trying to fake it because that's what we both, cause I was trying to just fake it. You know what I mean? Like, so it was kind of funny cause it's not like we went into it going like, we know people will like this. Yeah. You know I mean, mm -hmm. and you said on the bangs EP that changed. Well, and also, also too. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was, just, I was just gonna say also from your computer. Is it, is it still, is it still cutting out and shit? You're just kind of laggy. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so the conversation is not as like yeah. I'm either talking over you or waiting for you. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry yeah. About that. But with the with the bands EP, <laughs> it 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 changed okay. because it's like well, not only it's like yeah, like I sat like a lot of the way we write songs and like John's an amazingly talented drummer. He's a very great musician, but there's an aspect of brick and mortar that is very singer songwriter like because I'm a very isolated person. I'm also a very meticulous person and I have like an extreme amount of patience for like, I'll, I could change something a hundred times and still not be upset. You know, like I don't really get the, whatever the psychosis of you change something so much that you're pissed at yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's always an as aspect of that that was kind of insulated. Right. Uh -huh. So on top of doing all of that stuff, I kind of carried that, because of my now look back because of the abandonment in my childhood and having to fend for myself. And, you know, just even before that, like when I was like 20, I didn't have anywhere to live. And I was like living in my van and then asking people fucking stand on couches. And so I just, I had this feeling that I, I just, I couldn't wait for people to help me. I couldn't rely on other people, you know? Mm -hmm. So even before we got the bangs opportunity, as soon as we did the first record, you know, and we did seven years in the mystic room. I was promoting so heavily 
I got kicked off of Facebook twice (laughs) (laughs) for inviting people to shows. And I I would use the events for releases. You know what I mean? Like I would, I would, that was back when it was worth it. Like Mm -hmm. now it's not because they don't show anybody anything, but I just feel like we pushed so hard to get everyone to be like, look at this, look at this, look at this, that we didn't even have time to think if we were good. We uh-huh. just put that out of our minds where like, at least I did. I was like, I'm not even going into like contemplate whether what I did is good. <laughs> I'm just going to push it as hard as I can. And then the cool part that happened though, is like the way that we got bangs was that first before bangs, because of seven years in the mystic room, all of the kids from Philadelphia, when we would go to play all these house parties, because uh-huh. that's what we did a lot of like basement shows and just like real DIY shit. They wanted us to be part of this uh, seven inch series that motion city soundtrack was curating and producing. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So it's called making moves. And I think they picked like, you know, eight bands or six bands or something like that to do seven inch with each band that was put out by mad dragon through uh-huh. Drexel university. Okay. We were the only band picked by the students. So everybody else had like all this teams of people who believed in them and shit. Uh-huh. And we were this just ragtag pieces of shit from New Jersey that were like already, we're already fucking old compared to everybody else. You know what I mean? Cause I didn't start singing till I was fucking 25. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? 24. Uh-huh. So it's like, at this point, it's like, I'm doing my first like real in studio thing at Drexel university and, you know, we did these three songs and the three songs we did were uh, Bangs, Old Boy, and the song called Other Drugs. And mm-hmm. Bangs ended up getting us the deal with Photo Finish. Wow. And that was our first like real record deal because someone in like the West Coast like played the song once. This is where like when like radio stuff matter to where you can get like three spins and someone's like, Hey, maybe that's going to be a thing. Like, right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like now I feel like it's harder to, to mm-hmm. justify the risk, but cause there's so much data now, like that's the only thing that's a bummer about today is like, you don't, people don't pick things based off of feeling. They pick it off uh, of like, it's already analytics. working. Right. Right. Analytics. So, you know, when we did this first experience and we were, we were, we were with, you know, Motion City. And they were so nice to us producing this particular, like, couple songs. Mm-hmm. What was funny is, like, they're so proper and, like, they don't curse a lot and all this shit. And, like, we're showing up, like, all fucked up and we're, like, fucking cursing and the high shit. <laughs> and we're, like, arguing with each other and stuff because, like, that's just how we did it. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like, we we're just no-holds-barred type people. And so it's, like, but I remember right when we got like when we were, by the time we were at Drexel, like John looked at me differently and he knew that like, okay, my, my voice must be pretty good. Cause my voice, I'm aware, like my voice is like people either like it or like they do not like it. It's not like a middle of the road. It's always been that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh-huh. It's, it's always, it's always been that. I feel like, you know, it's like, well, especially coming from me, I was, which I was trying to say before, like with the ball of lag and stuff, it's like, with me, it's like I know Brandon so well, and I know like the timber of his voice and all these things, you know. So mm-hmm. it was very like I was like, 
it was more of like a uh like not that i didn't like it but it's just like that's fucking brandon like i know that's fucking brandon you know like as a friend but like as as uh, objectively as some as an artist like that was kind of actually a good thing that that it's like because it's so unique and so it stands out to me i at least i think his voice stands out amongst a lot of singers because of that mm-hmm. I feel like it's either you love it or you hate it. Like, I feel like any, with any signature voice, you either love it or you hate it, you know? But Mm -hmm. at that point, yeah, I was like, oh, this motherfucker, you know, he's gonna, he can fucking sing his ass off, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, well, obviously people dig your voice and you have millions of streams and, and, and even the new song I love, it's called, uh, mystery to myself. Tell me about that new one. Well, that new one was like, uh, basically things have been hard for a couple of years, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we had the whole story of like getting signed, getting dropped, you know, then I went out and found investor and then like put out a re-release after we fought the label to get the rights back and all this shit. Mm-hmm. So we had to do you like everything ourselves. Yeah. I want to hear this you know? story. Oh, well, we were originally signed by photo finish records yeah. and then they did what was called a complete my album, okay. you know, uh-huh. and a complete my album is a terrible deal because pretty much it means that they're going to soft release your record, like half of it as an EP online. And then if it does well, they're going to release the other half, oh, you know, okay. I've the, never if heard it of does, this before. The, if it does well, it was a thing around for a little bit. Okay. When if iTunes does, was a thing. Yeah. If okay. it does well is a very vague statement. Right. What does that mean? Does it mean it sells 5,000 copies? That means you're fucked. <laughs> that means you're so fucked. That means that if, if you don't do awesome, they have an out. They have Got a it. way to say no. So okay. we did like our first EP. And then at the time, Island and Def Jam, they were either coming together or pulling apart. One of the two, I forget which one, they but they basically, call, they basically called all the bands that weren't like super, super successful, right? So uh-huh. anything like in development that wasn't, I guess, deemed by them to be worthy was cut. So we were part of that group of people, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. So we get, we get dropped after having our first real record deal about maybe a year into it, not even, uh-huh. right? We get dropped. I'm like, fuck, well, I want the other half of the record back because you guys dropped us. So legally, I should be able to get this back. Mm-hmm. Label's not talking to me. They're not answering my emails, nothing. No wow. uh, communication. I'm a fucking loser. doesn't matter. I don't give a shit. You know, like uh-huh. photo finish was nice to us, but like, it's funny because when you get dropped by a label, when you get signed by a label, it's everybody from that subsidiary label. But when you get dropped, it's mom and dad at Universal telling you, here's your letter. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's no longer like your buds. It's not right. like your friends at the smaller label going like, hey, we're sorry. It's like them going, hey, we're sorry. And then Universal being like, we're not sorry. You're dropped. Like, that's yeah, it. See you later. <laughs> see you later. And then I was trying to get my songs back, trying to get my songs back. And they weren't. And that, now I was like pissed because I was like, yo, what the f-? like? Okay, you're gonna drop me. That's fine. Give me my music back. weren't weren't talking to me. weren't talking to me. I randomly get this email, and in the email, they're like, "Brandon, do you remember when you did that cover of Jimi Hendrix when you guys were at South by Southwest?" 
because I had stopped and I had sung on this cover for some unknown movie trailer, right? Mm -hmm. At the time. So all I did was stop in there. I sang the song uh, to the best of my ability, only cover I ever did in my life, really. And basically after that, didn't even think about it. We get this Mm -hmm. email and it turns out that I was able to negotiate a better rate for the song and a better rate for, (laughs) for getting all my songs back because in the email, they were like, Brandy, no one did that song, South by Southwest. Well, it turns out that our, one of our you know, workers, they forgot to send the contract over for you to sign. So you never signed the rights off to it. So because they never sent me the song, they had already sold the song to a trailer and they didn't have my signature. So that was really the only reason I was able to get all the songs that were on dropped. Oh, because wow. If, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have probably gotten it back. Or maybe I would have. I don't know how long it would have taken because right, they weren't really. Now they need something me. from you, right? They're yeah. like, oh, hey, actually, and then yeah, wow. Yeah. And you know, typical rebellious me, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna make this hurt. And then, <laughs> you know, I talked to the lawyer to try to get the best thing I possibly could. We got the songs back. I was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna call this shit dropped, and I'm gonna tell everybody that uh, this is why it took so long because we got dropped and I'm going to market this whole thing around what's really happening. Because my one thing that I always wanted to do was never lie. Mm-hmm. So I was really, I'm fine with not lying. I don't care if people really think about me that much, like other than like wanting people to like what I do. Right. But like actually caring what they think about me and my decisions, like I'm okay with most of my decisions. And I would say, being honest was always a thing that I wanted to do. So I was like, well, I don't want to make up some faux. I'm so confident. Look at me. Here are these. Uh, no, I'm just going to call it dropped. I'm going to put a fucking birthday cake on the cover. That's all fucked up. Like we're celebrating getting being losers. And <laughs> that was the, the theme of it. And even when we were going on tour with like the front bottoms and shit, I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to even have these kids like chant fuck universal. We'll do a whole like thing of it. Cause in my oh, mind, man. <laughs> in my mind, big deal. I'm a fucking small fry. I'm nobody. You guys are like the biggest company on the planet. Like I'm just right. being cheeky. I'm just being cheeky. Whatever uh-huh. happened to that? But uh, maybe that blacklisted me. Who knows? <laughs> I'll see. never know. We will see. Yeah, <laughs> we will um, see. <laughs> we will see. <laughs> well, well, okay. Yeah. So that was a drop DP. You put another record DP, out right? after that one, correct? Yeah. And then we went through that the whole thing. Full length. Yeah. And that was the whole thing where we we're like, okay, well, we got this drop DP. What are we going to do next? And I was like, well, I don't know. Like we got to start making the record. So we'll start making the record and then hopefully we can find a home for it. And we're figured like, all right, well, we've done some things. It's a no brainer that we'll find a home for it. But it turns out that like, we weren't really allowed to go under any subsidiary of universal after that as brick and mortar mm-hmm. kind of like, I guess, seem like part of the stipulations, you know, and also it's just like uh, not the easiest to get back under that umbrella when like you've been dropped by it. Does that make uh-huh. sense? Especially yeah, no, close totally. to Iowa Def Jam. Uh-huh. So we found ourselves just being rejected by like everyone. So everyone oh, man, just said man. no, like everybody said no. Like every person we reached out to, it was like, it was like, it was like the pestilence. Yeah. It was like, no, no, no. Uh, you know, in my head, I'm like, I mean, I'm not smoking crack. I'm not crazy. I'm not like the wildest guy. I'm not saying offensive shit. Like, 
am I being punished because I was like a little punk rock boy saying like, fuck corporations. Like, am I really getting like spanked right now? Is no one want to fuck with me? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Am I, that was going through my head. Like when you get, cause when you get rejected by everybody, and even right. how do you label, keep going? I mean, how do you like persevere over that and just say, you know, let's just keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. I would imagine it'd be hard after a certain amount of no's. Totally hard. Completely hard. I mean, it's still hard now yep. because there's so much shit that we have to do and keep going. And it's like, yeah, you have to believe in yourself and then you have to hope that everybody else in the whole world is wrong because right. they're not seeing what you're seeing. And really the fans are what keeps you going. And even that is tough because you feel guilty about, because the more years that go by the fans encouraging you and all this stuff, it turns almost to like a self disappointment because you feel like you're disappointing them because they Mm -hmm. believed in you for so long. So it's like, when's going to be the time where you break through, you know, where Mm -hmm. you like, you get to that next level. So for us, like we had these really rabid fans that were really awesome on the internet about supporting us and listening to us. And that's pretty much what kept us going the entire time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like the experience of putting our own record out and doing all of that. I mean, it wasn't really that alien because even when we were signed, there was so much stuff that we like, like record label never like got us music video people or anything. Like we always did that ourselves. Like, like, Uh, okay. We always, like, I always made the connection. I was always looking for the next person or make it, you know, like I was always a deal maker. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Going uh-huh. like, listen, I can't pay you a lot of money, but right. I could probably get universal to, right. you know what I mean? Me do some right. more videos with you if they're like ours, uh-huh. you know? Right, right. Were you saying something, John? I was just going to say. Yeah, I was just going to say, Brandon's just like a born hustler. You know, his dad was a hustler. It's just fucking, it's just like, it's just like in his blood, you know, he just doesn't stop. And like, and that's, that's what's pretty inspiring, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, to like Louis was saying, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's tough all around now, man. And like the fucking, the year of everything shutting down didn't really help anything. You know what I mean? So I know, I know that's everybody, but um, you know, that didn't really help us too much. But right where were you guys on tour when that happened or how, yeah no. how did that, what how did that affect you i mean you have some new music out were you able to write um for me honestly i don't know maybe my experience was different than john but like the pandemic for me was actually a little bit of a relieving feeling when it was happening because instead of me feeling like it's our fault and my fault that I'm not progressing further, I was able to feel like it, the world stopped mm-hmm. because pre previous to that, it's not like we were getting like a million tours. It's not like we were getting everything we needed. Like we we're fighting with our booking agent and trying to find another agent. Like for us, the music industry has always been a slugging it out thing where, you know, we get a little bit like two steps forward, one step back kind mm-hmm. of a thing where it's like, Right before the pandemic hit, it wasn't as if we had all these tour offers to go on tour and tour people and everything. So for me, the pandemic was like a positive thing because I had the time to think about what I wanted to write next, uh, what I wanted to do next, whether I want to keep, you know, because for me, it's like I was at a crossroads, like, do I want to do brick and mortar? Do I want to do a solo shit? But at the end of the day, it's like, I do want to do this, even though it's hard. I do want to do it, but it's like, so for me, the pandemic 
was a little break from feeling like it's all my fault mm-hmm. because that's the way I, I'm not so I don't like when I say all my fault, I mean like collectively the bands, you know what I mean? Like my own and just us as an entity and like that part of it. So I, I think in certain aspects, like for mental health, the pandemic was kind of good for some bands because they got to stop feeling the FOMO for a minute, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you're not well, looking makes, at everybody else crushing it. Right. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Actually. You're not looking at, you you're know? not comparing yourself to everybody else and like, Oh, like why is this band getting on this tour and they're doing this and, and yeah. we're not right. I could see that happening. Yeah, The, the pandemic, <laughs> it, that was definitely a year off of dealing with that for sure. Uh-huh. Um, you know, um, for me, for, for me, the pandemic, it was, you know, it was nice in that, like, I got to spend a lot of time with my family You know, I'm, I'm a new dad, you know, I just had, I have, uh, two young, two young children. And congratulations. Been, like, it was awesome being home. Thank you. It's, it was yeah. it's been awesome being home, but at the same time, you know, being a parent, being a dad in a band is like, you know, as they say in all the fucking movies, uh, it's tough, dude, you know, um, it's put it's put stress on the band um you know and it's and uh, we're just trying we're still we're still trying to deal with it you know um but it's just one of those age-old fucking stereotypical uh problematic things that you know complicate you know bands that are trying to achieve these larger than life things which we've been trying to do all this time you know so Mm -hmm. it's it's just it's been difficult but you know for sure and you you put you put out a couple songs though that are doing that are doing really well. I mean, at least no, I don't know when American Reality came out, but I know uh, Don't Panic and Mystery to Myself have came out this year, right? Yeah, no, like we're we're doing good with what we're doing, yeah. and we're like we're like maintaining, and our numbers are growing, and all of this stuff. But like as far as like other opportunities that you know that band because all right, like if we had just come out, all the stuff we're getting would be nice life changing things. Right. You know what I mean? But for us to change our level and like up the plateau to the next thing we need to do, it just, we just need so much more to get, to get there. Cause we already have some of the things. Sure. You know what I mean? It's like pieces of the puzzle. Uh-huh. It's like, I'm not trying to buy onto a tour like a rich kid and pay somebody 30 grand to go on fucking tour with them. You know right, what I mean? That to right. me is like just such a bitch pathetic move. But at the same time, maybe that's antiquated thinking. Maybe right. that's like the nineties kid in me thinking like, who would do that? Like maybe that's everyone's doing that. Right. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Not yeah. that I even have that anyway, but. But I see what you're we, saying. Yeah. And, and like, who knows not, how those opportunities are coming about. Right. Yeah. Who knows, who knows if they're buying onto the tour or if two of the dudes fucking snorted Coke in the bathroom four years ago and they're boys or like. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't it's know. It's true. You never know how people, and I've even had booking agents be like, well, you know, if you were friends with people, then you'd get the tours. And I was like, well, if I was friends with people, what the fuck would I have a booking agent, right? Like, because <laughs> <laughs> if you're friends with somebody and you could get the tour, then like everybody would just be friends with everybody. They wouldn't. <laughs> right. They wouldn't get be the middleman. <laughs> exactly. The middleman to do it. But so in a certain aspect, it's like, we need to open for bigger bands, right? Mm -hmm. Or we need to be selling out shows ourselves, which is something that we've never really, I guess, really hit that plateau. We have people, we have really great streaming numbers, you know, Mm -hmm. social media wise, like 
we don't have even close to what we have on people listening. So for right. us, the experience has been very odd to be okay. like in a world of music where like our numbers are good and people are listening to us all over the world all the time, every day, you know, hundred thousand plays a day. Like I see it. I follow all of it because we have to pitch with it. Nobody cares because what they want is how many followers do you have? How many this uh, do you have? And that's the weird part we're at now is that like, how do you make that become more? Like, I know how to right. make a song. I know mm -hmm. how to make a song that means something and put it out, but I don't know how to cross that over to all these other things, nor do I particularly want to like look at a camera and hold up like a cool whip and eat cool whip once a day and say a phrase every day, which right. is essentially like people in social media, they want a consistent thing over and over again. Yeah. It's, it's a whole job within itself. Right. Yeah. And you have to really want to do that. So uh -huh. the, the thing is, is like that, you know, and that's what brought about, I feel, I feel like, you know, getting back to what you originally asked with like mystery to myself and all of these things uh -huh. is like this whole record is just really fucking dark because my experience with my life and with this band has been a little bit disenchanting. And that's not because of the fans, because the, that's the purest thing I've ever seen mm -hmm. is those people loving it. But with mystery to myself, you know, right out the bat, you know, I'm coming out saying like, you know, I don't know why I feel dead inside. I try to believe in myself to love myself. But the truth that I know is I can't love who I don't know. And I'm a mystery to myself. So when you look at all these things that you're doing, you're like, well, am I supposed to be doing this? Is this what's going to make me a better person? You know what I'm saying? Uh, do I even know who I am anymore? Because when you first start doing music, you know what you're going for. But when you're on the hamster wheel and you feel like you're going and going, but never getting further, mm -hmm. you kind of don't know. And then you right. think about all, all the sacrifices. It's like, well, maybe I'd be a happier person if I didn't put myself through all of it, which I feel like is a feeling that's universal with everyone who does anything. Sure. You know, mm -hmm. I know it's not specific to me, mm -hmm. but, you know, and it's almost like, do I set myself up to be alone because that's what I know, you know? Right. Right. Um, well, but that's kind of that song. Okay. And did you, do you have like a full piece of work that you're ready to, to put out or are you guys just doing singles right now? We have an EP done at seven songs and two, those two songs are on it. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. We're just finishing well, yeah. up one more. Oh, awesome. So the EP is going to come out what next year, early next year. Yeah. Awesome. Very, very cool. And I appreciate your time today. Uh, I have one more quick question for you. I want to know if I can get any advice for aspiring artists. Advice for aspiring artists. Uh -huh. um, you go first, Brandon. You can go first. I'll go in a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, um, work hard be true to yourself don't lie and try putting off having a family until you're fucking rich and famous <laughs> and big words to live by <laughs> yeah my advice would be one 
get yourself a lawyer because guess who is not going to fuck you? A lawyer, because it's in their best interest to make money for you because then they will make money. That's my pragmatic, real life, non-whimsical advice. Now on the side of uh, inspiration, when you sing something or you say something or you create something, if you're not at least a little bit embarrassed of what you're saying, you're not being that close to the chest or that honest because you should be a little bit embarrassed of what you're saying because that's actually you being vulnerable. So don't be afraid to not immediately love the thing that you're doing that's outside of your comfort zone because that might be what makes it good as opposed to always thinking that you're supposed to make the thing that makes you feel just the best because that might be your ego guiding what you're doing creatively. Other than that, I would say try to stop and be happy about the things you have achieved, even though to make it in this business, it seems like you have to be someone who's not faced by either achievement or disappointment. Try to take the time to take care of yourself because if you fall apart halfway through, they're going to make it anymore.